Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. You know, it's interesting, uh, up until maybe the last couple of years, I would stay up and watch the 11 o'clock news, and in the last couple of years, I've been motivated to watch the 10 o'clock news. And I found the 10 o'clock news on Channel 10 on the Hargrave stations, which, for those of you that don't know this and may not get the local stations, it's... uh, WTGS Fox 28, and you can watch the 10 o'clock news on Fox 28. And lately they've been advertising for the summer in the morning what they're calling classic cartoons for children. Now, I'm not telling you that because I'm watching the classic cartoons in the morning. But the reason I'm telling you that is because they've been mentioning some of the classic cartoons that are on. And let me tell you, they are not classic cartoons because they're not talking about Bugs Bunny and Friends. For those of us that think of classic cartoons, my era, what do we think of? Roadrunner. Exactly. You think of the Bugs Bunny era cartoons, or at least that's what I think of. And, you know, it's funny, when they mention that, I started think of, thinking of not only the classic cartoons that I grew up with, you know how your mind goes, or at least mine does. I've got this weird mind that associates things, and I start kind of daydreaming a little bit. I started thinking of specific cartoons, right? Not only did I think of specific cartoons, then I'm reading the scriptures for today, and where does my mind kick into some of the specific cartoons with Bugs Bunny? Go figure. Okay, And here's what I thought of. If you look at both scripture readings, they both talk about how we've got on the one hand the call or the draw to holiness and righteousness. And on the other hand, the call to the world or what other people might say, this is the way you should live. And it made me think of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, and Elmer Fudd, all of them, at one time or another, I have this picture in my mind where there was this little Elmer Fudd or Daffy Duck dressed in a robe and angel wings on one shoulder and a little Elmer Fudd or Daffy Duck on the other shoulder with, like, horns and a tail, and a pitchfork. And they would be vying for which behavior they should do. Do you remember that? For those of you that watch Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd, Elmer Fudd, uh, you have to be very, very quiet while hunting rabbits, you know. (laughs) I mean, I love that. Now, I have to tell you, when I was five and six years old, See, because I used to watch cartoons, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then I became a preteen and I used to value sleeping in more than watching cartoons. 
But we had a black and white TV when I was five and six. Then when I was like seven, eight, something like that, we got a color TV. And the little devil was actually in red. Made it even more dramatic. Right? And if you think about it, in some ways there's truth to that. That we have in our lives these two calls going on in our lives. That we have the call to one kind of life and we have the call to another kind of life. Fast forward. Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. Right? And then you've got Saturday Night Live. The church lady. Isn't that special? Right? How many of you have seen the advertisement? In fact, I think the show's on tonight. Big Brother? There's an advertisement on for Big Brother. I don't even know what Big Brother's about, but there's this woman that's advertising it who is saying, quote, give in to temptation. And apparently that's part of what the show is about is enticing people to give in to temptation. Because our culture more and more has gone down that road. That it's okay or it's your right or it's cool or follow your desires or whatever you want to do or do your thing. What You know, because anything goes for a lot of people. And so, who or what do you listen to and why? Who or what is your authority and why? Is it your own opinion? Is it your own feelings? Is it the culture? Is it even your family? Because that's kind of what the readings are really all about. There's a battle going on. There's a battle going on for how you live and why you live that way. That's what the two little people on your shoulders that look just like you are all about in the different cartoons. And in many ways, that's what the Scriptures are about. When Jesus talks about, there's going to be people that are going to persecute you, challenge you, question you, Once you choose to follow me, because your life's going to be different. And see, what was going on in Rome, what Paul was talking about, is he was talking about, in the first few chapters, the unfolding of the gospel. That's really what Romans 1 through 8 is about anyway. He's unfolding the gospel. And as he's unfolding the gospel, he's talking about what happened at the beginning of creation, and then God revealed himself to the Gentiles through the conscience. And then he revealed himself to the Jews through revelation and through the law. And then to Abraham specifically. And Abraham came by faith. And he made the case that really righteousness comes by faith. And then you follow the Lord because of faith. That's really what it's about. And how people got confused. And they, be, they made faith all about law. And that you earn your way to heaven through righteousness. And Paul's saying, no, that's not it. So by the time you get to chapter 6, as he's talking to the Gentile Christians, and he's talking to the Jewish Christians, who are vying for control of the church in Rome, 
which is what's going on in Rome at the time. He addresses this particular group of people. It's saying, okay, we kind of got it, Paul. So we're saved by grace. We got that part. This is really a great deal. We come to Jesus. We say we're sinners. We accept the grace. We accept what Jesus did on the cross for us. So if this happens because we're sinners, if we keep on sinning, we just keep on getting grace. What a great deal. So we can keep on sinning, we get more grace. We keep on sinning, we get more grace. It's the best of both worlds. Paul's saying, you got this wrong. You know, we have a lot of people today who really actually subconsciously, if not overtly, think like that. Hey, if I'm saved by grace... If God loves me, if I'm forgiven, if I've got this heaven deal, why not just keep doing what I want? Because it's all cool. It's all good. Jesus died on the cross for me. I'm good. And Paul's saying, you missed it. You missed it. What he's saying is, once you have accepted what Jesus did for you on the cross, recognize what he did and why he did it. He died on the cross to take your place. That he died for your sin. That's how serious God takes sin. And then he symbolizes that we have to die to sin in our own life. So we are now dead to sin. We don't go on sinning because of that. That's your old life. That's what baptism symbolizes. You're about to start a new life once you've made that decision. Let me draw an analogy. Scripture, several different times, refers to the church as being the bride of Christ. So once we accept Christ, we as if become his bride. Let me tell you what we're saying to Jesus if we say we're going to keep on sinning. You know, Jesus, I really want to marry you. If you don't mind, I'd like to keep dating, too. Is that okay? How would that go over, for those of you that were married, how would that go over with your spouse? You would die again. (laughs) See, that's not really what it's about. So you die to sin once for all. You put it aside. I'm done with this life. See, Jesus died for the penalty that sin brings with it, which is death. But he also died so that we might have power over sin. The power of the Holy Spirit that enters our life. And now we have a changed life. 
that as chapter 6, verse 4 says in your reading, we live for God. We live for God. There's a complete change. We're no longer living for ourselves. We're no longer living in the sinful life. It's like we were an addict and we said, we're done with that life. I'm not taking another drink. I'm not taking another pill. I'm not taking another toke. I'm not shooting another syringe. I'm done with that life because if I do that, now I become a slave to that again. A slave to sin. I am free from that life. I've moved on. That leads to death. I'm alive to God in Christ. My life is different. There's been a radical change that's taken place. I'm clean and sober. And I'm going to allow the Word of God to guide me now. That will be my authority. That will guide my life. That becomes my authority. You know, what's really interesting is that what Paul goes on to say is that the law, again, talking to the Jewish Christians, the law isn't what you're living to try to earn your way. The law now becomes a guide. That's how we understand the law. The ritual law has been dealt with. That's why the the curtain in the temple has been torn in two when Jesus died on the cross. The ritual law is done away with. The dietary laws, those have been done away with. Once the church was open to the Gentiles, Acts chapter 10 talks about that. But the moral law is still in place. That's how we become holy. That's how we become different. That is now living for Him. But it's not there to knock us over the head. It's not there that we might earn our way. It's there to guide us into the life in Christ. To become Christ-like. To live for God. We live for Him now so that we might live with Him forever. See, it's almost like we're saying, we want to bring heaven into this life. Because we're going to live with Him forever, because we're going to live eternally, we want to bring heaven into this life. Because that life is perfect, let's bring that here now. Because that life is perfect in communion with Him, let's bring that life here now. Eternal life begins in this life. If we really understand it. We're just starting it now. And the power of the Holy Spirit allows us to begin that kind of life now. Do we falter? Yes. That's where forgiveness comes in. But we're saying we want to live with Him eternally. Let's start it now. Death no longer has dominion over us is what Paul says. Do we physically die? Yes, eventually. But spiritually, we no longer die. We no longer have that sin in our life. We don't have to deal with that. We have true freedom. 
We're no longer enslaved to sin. We're dead to sin. Alive to God in Christ. That's what he offers us. So we seek to become holy because he is holy. Back to Bugs Bunny, sort of. My son Daniel, and for those of you that might be visiting or don't know Daniel, my son Daniel, my middle child, right now is in special forces. He's a Green Beret. Fortunately, he's home. Got home two weeks ago from being deployed. He's on leave right now. Daniel kind of had that two different people on the shoulder thing going during high school and during college. A couple of different times. Let me tell you what the two different people thing was that Daniel had going. Daniel had, on the one hand, you know, the little pitchfork guy. I called it for Daniel, the God of being tough and cool. Okay? Daniel was the son of a clergyman. And he thought, you know, I don't want to appear to my friends like I'm a wimp because I'm the son of a clergyman. So he was going to drink harder than anybody else. He was going to be tougher than anybody else. And he got in trouble a couple of times. Now, he was aiming at being an officer in the army. I mean, where he is now is the goal that he wanted to live his life. And he made a commitment to Christ when he was in high school. And he started walking that walk for a while. But then he got to college and he had to reestablish, you know, the little guy came up again. He had to establish that he was cool and tough. And I had a couple of talks with Daniel. I said, Daniel? You've got these two gods competing for your life. You've got Jesus and you've got this little guy that keeps telling you, you've got to be tough and cool. And I said, you're trying to walk this fence and you think the fence is right here and you think you can walk it right down that fence. I said, here's the problem. The fence goes like this. And you're going to fall on one side or the other. Guess what? He did. And he almost lost everything that he was going for. I won't go into detail. I'll protect him. But he almost lost everything he was going for. And by God's grace, he didn't. And by God's grace, he is where he is today. A godly man serving our country. So far, safe. Married to a godly woman. Good thing to think about on the 4th of July weekend. But we all have those challenges. Who or what are you going to live for and why? Are you really dead to sin and alive to God and Jesus Christ? Have you really made that decision? Who are you listening to and why? See, our country, you'll hear it if you haven't already heard it this weekend, talks a lot about freedom. But you know, freedom for a lot of people is really about license. It's about doing what I want, when I want, how I want. It's not freedom. 
It's still enslavement. It's just enslavement to sin. See, what our country did in 1776 was a declaration that caused a radical change. And the radical change came with a price tag. There was a cost. It cost some people their lives. It cost families. And that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, recognize, if you take this commitment to me seriously, there are people that are not going to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. They're just not. They're not going to understand your lifestyle. There's people in your own family. We talked about this last week with Jeremiah. Jeremiah's own friends, the prophet Jeremiah. His own friends tried to entice him. Watch for him to fall. His own friends. Jesus' own family. When you make that radical change, when you really say, I am going to follow Christ. Holy and completely without reservation. Because I want His kind of freedom. I want to be alive in Him. I want to live for God. I want the Holy Spirit to come and take over my life. I want to start bringing heaven here now. Eternal life here now in my life. And live for Him now. You'll be different. You'll be different. People will know it. But you'll be free. And not only will you discover true freedom, what's there with Him is true peace and joy. And love and life that this world says it's, it longs for, but it misses when it doesn't follow Him. That we miss when we choose other than Him. See, we talk about a declaration. And the question is, have you really declared? Have you really declared? You still walk in the fence. You still listen to two different voices. Or have you followed the one call? Jesus Christ. The one voice. Let's pray.
Lord, in the coming days, we're going to hear a lot about freedom. But true freedom, as you intended, is only found when we come to you and give our lives to you. True freedom, as you intended, is only found when we find release from the weight of sin and guilt and shame. When we find the power of your Holy Spirit to be released and to live for you. Lord, I pray that every person here would find that true freedom if they haven't already found it. And for those here that are walking on the fence, that they would declare once for all that Jesus is Savior and Lord. Lord, help us amidst the challenges of culture and temptation and sometimes even family and friends to live for you in all ways an uncompromised life until we see you face to face. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.